Hello, everyone, and welcome to the February 11th, 2022 edition of Market Week in Review. I'm your host, Bei Chen Lin, and today I have the pleasure of being joined by Senior Portfolio Manager, Megan Roach. Megan, how are you? I'm very good. Good to see you. It's good to see you as well. So, Megan, there are three things that I was wondering if you could talk to our audience about today, the first being payrolls, the second being inflation, and the third being some performance data between small caps versus large cap equities. So those topics are good to you. Why don't we get started with the payrolls data? As you know, the January's payroll data was recently released for both Canada and the United States. Could you walk us through some of the highlights for these payroll reports and what are the policy implications for the central banks? Sure. Yeah, this week gave us very different outcomes in the U.S. versus Canada. But frankly, the impact on central bank policy for both countries to raise interest rates is likely undeterred. In the U.S., the non-farms payroll report well exceeded expectations with 467,000 jobs created versus expectations for just 150,000 jobs. And that had embedded more of a haircut for the impacts of COVID than ended up being reflected in the January report. So this suggests that the U.S. economy has been more resilient. And while the unemployment rate did tick up slightly to about 4%, it remains consistent with the Federal Reserve's target. So taken together, these items really reinforce the Fed's plan toward a tightening policy. In Canada, the story was quite a bit different, with their report showing 200,000 jobs lost instead of gained, particularly in industries like retail and hospitality and their employment increased to 6.5%. That probably reflects more stringent lockdown measures related to COVID in places like Ontario and Quebec. But given that those precautions are likely to be relaxed going forward, that'll allow a pickup in the services sector, so we don't expect this to derail the Bank of Canada's hawkishness either. Got it. So now let's shift gears and talk about inflation, a topic that is hot on the minds of many consumers. This morning, the University of Michigan Consumer Sentiment Index fell to its lowest level since 2011, partly driven by consumer concerns about inflation. And as you know, CPI and core CPI data were released this past week. Could you talk through some of those data points and what that might mean for consumers and investors? Yeah, yesterday was certainly the most anticipated day of this week for data releases. And so the inflation measures, both measures of inflation, rose from last month and came in hotter than even the market's lofty expectations. For year-over-year CPI, which includes food and energy, last month's reading was 7%. Expectations for January were 7.3, and the actual reading came in at 7.5, the highest yearly increase in 40 years. For core CPI, which excludes food and energy, we saw the same trajectory. Last month's reading was 5.5%, expectations for 5.9, and the actual print at 6%. So between the chunky labor market gains that we just talked about, a big jump in wage numbers from the Atlanta Fed wage tracker this week, and then this hot inflation print, market expectations for the Federal Reserve to raise short-term interest rates have really jumped. At the beginning of the year, the market's expectations for the Fed to start raising at their March meeting was about 60%, and that probability has jumped to virtually 100% this week. And on top of that, market expectations are now for that hike to be 50 basis points instead of the more typical 25 basis points. Wow, certainly a lot can change in a short period of time. So definitely something for investors to be aware of. Finally, let's talk about the markets. How have investors been reacting to this news? Can you talk through some of the differential performance between small cap equities versus large cap equities? Yeah, as I'm sure our listeners have noticed, 2022 has gone off to a volatile and generally negative return environment for equities so far this year. 
Um, small caps have lagged large caps in the US, Europe, and Japan. When it comes to small cap performance, they just haven't quite been able to catch a break. Um, listeners should remember, um, in the U.S., this asset class was, was up nearly 100% off of its March 2020 lows. But after that initial year of rally, small caps traded flat over the next six months, while U.S. large caps continued to climb. And then starting around last November, when the Omicron wave really began and the volume on the timing and magnitude of tightening by the Federal Reserve really started to increase, small caps have had an even harder time and declined by about 16% over the last three months. However, during this week, it's been interesting to see small caps outperform large caps in the U.S. It's certainly too early to call a change uh, in the tides, but perhaps we're seeing that the scariest parts of the recent, the most recent COVID wave and the Fed's hawkishness have been digested by the market. Generally, performance of small caps is positively correlated to above-trend economic growth, a pivot of consumer spending from goods towards services, and the resumption of capital expenditure spending by companies, all of which we expect to continue through the remainder of 2022. Additionally, small caps continue to trade at a 20 to 30% discount to their large cap counterparts, so there's certainly room from a valuation perspective. And the asset class is more levered to economic and earnings growth, and so that could provide some footing for a turnaround from this rocky start to the year. Definitely some food for thought for us all. Well, Megan, it's always great having you around. Thank you so much for your insight and expertise. And to our viewers, thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next time on Market Weekend Review.